Welcome to the Cram and Create Club Eagle Nest Podcast. Welcome back to Crown and Career Club's Eagle Nest Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3, The Double Threes. Uh, I'm your host, Craig Hookie, otherwise known as Chook, and great to be joined back with co-host Jordan Margenberg. I'm very well, thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me back again. Uh, It's always good to have you back. Yeah, well, it's been a good start to the season with the podcast, hasn't it? Isolation, no games of cricket to talk about, nothing to gloat about. Yet you always well, find I am a the reigning Joan Woodall medalist, so that's uh, you know always something to hang the hat on. <laughs> Speaking of Joan Woodall medalist, following our theme from last season, uh, beautiful segue, Burger. We've been doing this a while now, so we're doing well. Uh, we've got Jared McAleese joining us today on today's episode. Macca, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. Chuck Burger, very good to be on, and uh, very good to be in the company of another Joan Woodall medalist. Uh, it's an exclusive club, a very elite group, but uh, fantastic to be here with you today, Berger. Yeah, well, it actually brings down the podcast, doesn't it, that Craig's uh, on here, you know? We can talk from experience <laughs> about our, our medals, you know, what it was like <laughs> receiving them, uh, you know, the press tour that goes with it. Uh, you know, got a lot of commitments to it, and, and Craig's really just a... Oh, he just fudges in numbers, doesn't he? Goes, oh, and, gets, goes and gets junk time votes. <laughs> Two out of three on the podcast today is not bad, so we'll take that. We will. Oh, I feel feel a bit left. I'm usually the bloke on the microphone interviewing the person that wins the giant waddle. <laughs> That's as close as you'll come. I'm to on get. the other end. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to be captain of one team one day. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first person to do it. No, not at all. Start engraving the medal now. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, Maka, how's lockdown, stage four lockdown treating you? Uh, yeah, it's not been too bad. Um, you know, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I'm still uh, still working and um, being able to work from home. But, you know, just doing the same as I think all of us are doing, you know, keeping in touch with um, friends and family and keeping up to speed with the cricket club as well. Uh, I know we're all looking forward to getting back to uh, the club once this sort of passes by. And I guess we've been fortunate um, you know, compared to, I guess, the winter sports where they've unfortunately had their, their time sort of wiped out um, by COVID uh, this winter where, you know, it's it's been a position, position where we can sort of watch that happen and, and sort of wait for things to clear up and, and for us to get stuck back into cricket, which we're all really eager for. I think that's the best answer we've ever had on the podcast. Yes, we <laughs> say before we went to air, be careful. You know, your spot might be taken. And <laughs> as I said, mate, if anyone's going to take my spot on the podcast, I'd happy for it to be Macca. You know, listen to his <laughs> dulcet tones. Now, Macca, how many years have you spent at the Cranbourne Career Club? Uh, for me, mate, I think I've been playing at Cranbourne since I was nine years old or, or ten years old. Uh, I started at under 11s here, uh, did my Marlow cricket at, down at JP Cam Reserve um, and then progressed on to playing juniors with Cranbourne. So I think since about 2000 and, oh, 2006, I want to say. Uh, so a very long time now, pushing on to 14, 15 years. Uh, so 
I think I've entered veteran status, um, but it still feels like, uh, you know, I've just started at the club. I think there's particularly this season, a lot of enthusiasm around and um, the energy amongst, you know, the players and, and the leaders within the club is really positive and really upbeat. So, um, you know, and I think even more so than we've had in previous seasons lately. So it really does feel like a bit of a, a fresh start and a new dawn. And uh, it is a really, really promising time to be around the club, I think, mate. I'll give people a bit of the backstory here. So Maka and I uh, grew up kind of, our streets were very, very close to each other. So we spent a lot of time, we kind of grew up together um, with John Ashby, Chris EB, that kind of lot. We used to go around to Macca's, watch, uh, watch the WWE, as we always talk about on this podcast. Um, he used to come to mind. We used to play cricket, like everything was together. So... Macca and I got a long history yeah, here, Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> story. Macca's taken my spot on the podcast and he's taken <laughs> my best friend at the club, so <laughs> all in all, good day. Well, Macca's, Macca's house was always the best house to go to in summer because I had the pool. <laughs> yeah, we're very, very lucky with that. Uh, but I think, I mean, that shows, I guess, the connections that we've got at the club. You know, at the end of the day, it's a club that's built on you know, friendships and people who in many cases have been here for a long time. And, you know, I guess you can't underestimate the importance of, I guess, that connection that a number of us have had over a number of years. And, you know, while we're here to play cricket and have a bit of fun, uh, there is a bit of history in that. So something I'm pretty proud of and, and very happy to be a part of too. Now, Maka, you're a, how would you best describe yourself as a, as a cricketer? <laughs> Uh, as a cricketer, I think I am pretty hot and cold. Uh, when I have a good day, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, when things go your way, you can score pretty quickly and, um, you know, sort of take it to the opposition. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't always go that way. Um, so I think, I mean, uh, as we hope in any season, I think I'd like to have, you know, one or two or three good days as we go along. But I guess for me... Personally, I want to try to minimise the bad days, which I'm having too many of at the moment, and sort of maximise those good days. So I reckon uh, wholehearted, you know, passionate, love to have a bit of fun. Uh, we'll give everything for the team. We'll support whoever I'm, I'm playing with, regardless of whether they're one of my lifelong mates or a new person who's come along to the club. You know, I'd like to think that I'm always sort of going to get behind the, the mates that I'm running out there with. But um <laughs> Yeah, I think a, a bit hit and miss is what I'll call it. So you talk about that support. Um, do you support the decision for you to bowl that last over to end the game this year in the twos? <laughs> uh, look, at the time I supported it. I thought it was uh, by funk a master stroke. You know, you've got a bloke approaching 100. You know, the ball's stopped swinging. Uh He's starting to tee off and they're ready to win the game. Yeah, you know, well, give me give me the ball. I might I might jag a wicket here. And then uh, very promptly started bowling half-trackers at a guy who was seeing them like beach balls. And I think I got dispatched maybe five times over Cow Corner. So what turns... Uh, was what's... it 18 off the over? Oh, no, nah, mate. I think it was more than that. I think it was in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask, has, has Cam Kelly got the record for the most amount of runs hit off and over? What is it? What is the record? The it should have been about 42 off the over, but I think he got away. I think he was on, I think he'd been hit for like 30, uh, sorry, 26 off about four balls. 
and then bowled a no ball and got I away with it. I think he got hit for 32. <laughs> yeah, it was last well, look, year. It was a great day. We all had fun. <laughs> look, I don't think I got hit for 32, but I think this bloke was high 70s at, you know, at worst, low 80s at best, and he got his 100 in my over. So that sort of paints a picture. Now, Maka, you uh, as a young fella growing up, obviously mm. you were you were a heavy prospect um, in football and cricket. You, you could play both both cards. Um, what do you think has hampered you from going on to the next level at a young when you were younger? It's uh, a it's a good question, mate. I, I think, I mean, if we want to focus on the cricket, for me, it's. It's been a bit of self-belief. Um, you know, I think the best season that I had at the cricket club was um, when I was back in the in the 17s. And, you know, I got, I got a couple of, of scores and I started to get a run on. And that's when I started to really, um, you know, have faith and, and confidence in my own game. And, you know, I think cricket, especially if you're a batsman, is so much of a, a mental game that, you know, we've, we've got our skill sets and we, we practice through the week and, and that. But once you, you walk out there, a lot of it's a, a mental battle between you know, you and yourself, you know, trying to get yourself right for the contest in between you and the bowler and you and the 11 blokes out there in the field. And I think that season, it sort of clicked into place for me where, you know, I walked out there and had, you know, confidence and belief in myself that I was going to go out there and do well. And I sort of shone through on the runs I've got. But um, I think that's uh, that's probably the main, main challenge for me um, is going out there and you know, without being overconfident, you know, having the faith in myself to go out there and, and get the job done. And, you know, I think when I'm not sort of at the races with that and I'm starting to doubt myself a bit, that's when the, the sort of concentration slips can uh, get into my game. You know, you play a rash shot or you try to take on too much. And, you know, I guess for any anyone out there, that's probably a familiar feeling. But um, I guess the main challenge that I've had to, to battle and I'm still working on, but, you know, hoping to get better at this season is, to have sort of that, that total confidence in, in my mental game and, you know, then allow my batting to, to take course from there. But, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress for anyone, but um, it's something that I'm really focusing on as we run into this season to just, you know, focus and, and be calm when I go out in the middle and, and have that faith in myself to go out there and do my best. So the one day at Hillcrest when a bloke played a pull shot and you were standing at your square leg and it was rolling along the ground and then it all of a sudden bounced up and hit you in the face and there was blood everywhere, that didn't deter you? <laughs> no, no, that's all right, mate. Don't mind getting hit in the chops. It wouldn't be the first time. It would be the last time. <laughs> that stuff's part and parcel. Uh, I do remember that day, actually. Uh, I was, that was pretty ordinary. I was pretty dirty on that bloke and pretty dirty on the cow paddock we were playing on. But uh, that's cricket. You can't let them look at that. Hillcrest, there would have been... It, it would have been 40 degrees, no shade. No, no, I think I remember the day you're speaking of. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, I actually think that was Black Saturday that we played in the morning out there together. Um, that could be correct at that day. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a pretty vivid memory of that, that we stepped out there at 8.30 in the morning and it was in the high 30s already. And, uh, you know, a bad day just went to worse where I just got smacked in the chops by a road cricket ball. <laughs> um but uh, that's a bit of cricket, mate. I remember once to Brett, we were playing at Endeavour Hills, Pargata Reserve. Now, Pargata's, let's be honest, it's no, it's no Casey Fields, Pargata. No. And we're in the under-17s and uh, Marty Lymiller was our captain. He wasn't playing that game. I was, uh, I was standing captain and the ball got whacked to Brett. 
and it went through him before. <laughs> and I'm, oh, I just was so angry. And Brett, Brett held his hand up to me and his finger was pointing the wrong direction. <laughs> so he just looked at his finger, trying to field the ball. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. It, it's not unlike <laughs> like Brett mode in this field, is it? <laughs> I've seen nah. some horrendous attempts from that bloke. Jeez, how do we write in book the book man and get, <laughs> get wiped out here and get torn into? <laughs> I tell you what, though, the, the fielding doesn't I'm improve lucky. much I'm with uh, with Chook. <laughs> nah, see, it's all about yeah, positions. We tried to hide you, and for some reason, every time you're I'm playing with you, the ball seems to go to you. <laughs> To your credit, you have held more than you've dropped, but there has been some some prize wickets I would have liked under my belt that you have dropped. Janica being one of them. Jeez, I don't reckon I... Uh, that what was, was that? It was a one-dayer, and I took forfa, and you rubbed me of a fifer because you dropped one at first slip. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that. It was good effort to get there, though. <laughs> so... Oh, man. Cut shot. So it was a cut shot. It was cut a, shot. First slip, not there cut, cut first slip, mate. Uh, you know, Chuck's got a safe pair yeah, of hands, mate. You've been a bit rough on him. He's got a safe pair of hands. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that's exactly. And right. what lets what lets those hands down is now, he Mac... can't even get to the ball after time. So that's his excuse after time. Mm, I didn't even get a hand on it. Uh, that's what we're talking about positioning, mate. As long as you're <laughs> in the right spot, doesn't matter how quick you are. It's all about your anticipation, the mental <laughs> side. <laughs> Exactly right. Now, Mac, what would you cast your best innings? Uh, oh, look, that's a pretty easy one, mate. Um, one fifty-six playing um, down at Cam's in, in D grade. Um, I'm very proud of that one. Uh, I got to play that day uh, with some, you know, really great, you know, players and, and people of the club. You know, Sil Marinelli, Prez, uh, Chops, Lamb, and the like. Um, so, you know, for me, so that season, I guess we're a sort of yeah, you know, got on a bit of a roll and got some runs. That was, I guess, the, the breakout for me. Uh, so, you know, I guess personally really satisfying. We got to win that day. But I guess that was the day for me where I thought, yeah, you know, I, you know, I can do this at a, at a senior level. And um, I guess once you've got one, um, when you're going out there and you start to get a few shots out the middle, you know, you've always got the belief that you can do it again. So, I mean, I did get dropped a few times that day. I'm not, not going to hide on that one. I think I got dropped four times before I got the 50. <laughs> but when it's your day, mate, it's your day. Um, but I, I guess that's the thing for anyone who's, who's got a big score like that. You know, when you start to get on a bit of a roll, you've got faith that maybe it's your day and you can do it. You know, you've got the belief you can do it. So, yeah, that was that was the one for me. And to play in a flag that year too, I guess, makes it even more special. I really look back on it fondly. Craig, have you ever... How many hundreds you, uh, you got there? <laughs> with the ball, with the ball uh, one. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, mate, I've never even got a 50. So, yeah. But thanks, Look, for, your thanks time, for bringing your that time, up. <laughs> your time will come, Bergs. Uh, <laughs> it'll come. Look, mate, I, I saw the light. I used to open the batting when I was playing and coming out of the under-16s playing seniors. And uh, quickly learnt that, yeah, I don't think I'm going to progress much more if I continue on with this stuff. So I think I was about 17, 18 when I decided to take up spin bowling and uh, yeah, got hit for a few good scores early on in my day. <laughs> it's a little learning process. Can you mate. just confirm how many, how many tons have you got, Craig? Bergen, can you please? <laughs> oh, I've got zero. But uh, uh, Bergen, can you just confirm with me that the reason why you stopped opening the batting is because you're trying to punch on with blokes that. Try to box so you're going to have to say that again. <laughs> Sorry, mate, you broke up completely on my end. 
is it true that you stopped opening the batting is because you used to just try punch on with blokes? No, but there was one time that I got pretty pretty close to, to throwing down when I was opening the bowling. <laughs> um, the only thing that stopped me was this bloke was about 30 bowling thunderbolt short balls at me while I was about 16, 17 opening and batting. Uh, we'd bowled him out in, in the first day and I had to face out 10 overs and yeah, I didn't get a single ball in my half of the pitch and it was, uh, there was some words going on and then I quickly remembered I was 16 and, and had absolute stick arms. <laughs> We've all been there, mate. Uh, we'll try to get back on track here. Mac, I want to talk about your struggles with injury. Can you just go through your injury list? Uh, yeah. Um, I've had, a, unfortunately, a, a few in the last few years. Um, when I got to about, I think I was 19, I did my ACL in my right knee, which is, I mean, for me, that's the knee I land on when I bowl in my front foot. So you know, I guess there are a lot of, I mean, the physical hurdles, but mentally when I came back to play, I remember the first time that I even I walked out to bat and then when I ran into bowl, I was... Um, you know, pretty nervous, but uh, I guess it was all a mental thing to get beyond that. But that's sort of what 12 months for me. And um, from there, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I had a, a pretty bad elbow injury in my left arm, which is my strong hand where, uh, you know, badly sprained the ligaments there. And unfortunately, after you sit out for, you know, a couple of months from there, there's not much you can do beyond strapping it up and sort of playing through the pain a little bit and getting your strength and, your mental uh, mental side of the game back with your elbow. And, you know, that gave me a challenge. And then, it, you know, even this season, uh, I think it was the first game back after Christmas where, uh, you know, I managed to get back up into the seconds for us and walked out to bat and, you know, about 10 minutes later, you know, ripped the tendon in my hamstring. So, uh, look, it's not ideal going through those things. And it's, I guess, something that's sort of ramped up for me the last couple of seasons. But, um you know, I guess you can't really let those things get you down, uh, whether it's for you personally or uh, with the team. You know, I tried to just put them to one side and, you know, still focus on trying to get right, firstly for myself, but, you know, the team most importantly. So I guess, you know, for anyone out there who's, who's gone through a bit and you'll have good times and bad times with injury, but you've just got to sort of stick fat and, um, you know, push beyond it, which is what I'm trying to do. But I guess luckily for me, I'm, you know, I'm healthy. At the moment, no injuries, uh, you know, fully recovered after a long period of ISO that we've had. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into preseason and um, not carrying anything, which is a good a good sign for me. Could be something in the uh, in the ACL theory here. Did mm-hmm. you did you tear your ACL before or after your Woodall medal? <laughs> no, nah, that was uh, before the Woodall medal. So, I'd like to think of it as, as a redemption story. Uh, the first season back is when I got the Woodall. So. Well, there you uh, go, bro. There you go. So, Marty, there's a Marty good, docu- there's a good documentary ACL, brewing up. That's it, mate. Marty's done two ACLs, won two Woodle medals. Mac yeah. has d- done one ACL, one Woodle medal. I've done one ACL, one Woodle medal. Craig, you need to go out there and tear your ACL. Just go ping one. Yeah. Just took, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine how annoying I would be if I was up on the side? Oh, you're already annoying enough yeah. to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> So you came back from the ACL. We'll mm. segue into that Joan Woodall season um, here for a second. So you come back from the ACL, your first season back. Uh, I don't think you mind me. You took a back step in the grades, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, do you want to just talk um, through a little bit of that Joan Woodall season that you can remember? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
the first priority for me was to just actually get back out there. You know, I said before that even, you know, running in the bowl, <laughs> going out to bat, uh, or being in the field was something that was quite daunting to me. And I won't, you know, shy away from the fact that I was, I mean, I, I was terrified, you know, I, it was that injury, you know, I've had a few, but that injury really shook me um, emotionally, mentally, and uh, just getting back out to play cricket at all was, I guess, the first objective for me. And um, I wanted to, I guess I wanted to get back out there without the, the stresses of, you know, pushing into the higher grades. I, I honestly just wanted to get back out there and get some confidence in my body and uh, without, without those sort of pressures. And yeah, that sort of led to me taking a step down the grades and you know, I put my hand up and said, you know, this is the right thing I feel for me and, and my cricket at the moment is to just take a step back um, from, I guess, the higher grade cricket and um, just get comfortable in myself, in my body, in my game again. Um, and very luckily I managed to, you know, get some runs that season and, and get a few wickets, which was good. Uh, I had a lot of fun, which I think obviously is the most important part of cricket along the way with that. And I guess it sort of culminated, you know, in a woodle for me, which, um, you know, while, you know, I won't, I won't shy away from the fact that I, you know, took a bump down the grades and the like, uh, it's still a very proud achievement for me. It's something that, I mean, me and uh, even families, I mean, look back upon really, really proudly. I mean, I'm a cram cram person, have been through and through for a long time now. And, um, you know, respective of the, I guess, the circumstances of that season, it's something that is still, you know, really gives me a bit of pleasure um, and, and something I'm really proud of. So, it was a bit of a, a challenge that season, but um, the main thing was I was able to get back to playing cricket, get back to, to playing for Cranmer, back out there with my mates and have a bit of personal success was, I guess, just the cherry on top, really. Was there a hundred against Parkmore? Uh, no, I think actually there were no, no hundreds that season. Um, I got a couple of fifties and, a very elusive fifer, <laughs> which is my only one bowling a uh, dibbly dobbly military medium stump to stump. Uh, so it's a, probably a bit of a knock on the blokes I was bowling to rather than a reflection of what I was sending down. But uh, yeah, no, I think a couple of fifties, but no, no ton that season. So just more steady performances throughout. How many hundreds do you have? Um, I've got a couple. Um, at the guess the, be honest. Tell us, no. tell us the exact number. It's two. Uh, it's the one five six yeah. we did speak about, but well, one I'm really proud of is the one oh four I got um, in my first game as a senior captain for Cranbourne. So uh, I guess it sort of fell in that you know Cranbourne needed someone to to step up and lead the side, and I mean. In that game, we had, I think, a couple of uh, 11 or 12-year-olds. We had a young Brad Hodge in there, uh, Matt Hodge as well. Um, and we were... Smith? Yeah, Shem Smith, Wes Smith. Uh, so, you know, a lot of young blokes. I think more than half the side was, was juniors. And we were, I think, two for... No, oh, not even... Two for single figures when I <clears throat> came out there. And uh, I got... Look, I got a, a ton, which was awesome. Um I was out there with one of the young fellas, Shem Smith, who was, I think, 11 or 12 years old when I got it and gave the little fella a bit of a cuddle uh, when he hit the runs for it. But uh, I guess it's more the circumstances around it, which is what makes it so memorable for me. You know, first game as a captain at Cranbourne, which meant a lot to me to be around a lot of the younger fellas meant a lot to me. And um, again, then for us to go on and get a win, which I, I could see from the reaction 
from some of the kids out there was something that just gave them, you know, so much joy and, and satisfaction and, and confidence in their own games. You know, we had the kids come out and get a few wickets for us. Um, I guess that's what sort of cements it as being something so important to me that, you know, it's nice to have a, a bit of fun and, and get some runs on my end, but I guess the experiences around that were just so, so satisfying for what they gave to other people that it, it really is something I'm pretty proud of. Craig, do you think of, uh, about your batting performances in that way, you know, gives a lot of people <laughs> joy to watch me hit 20 off 87,000 balls while the club rooms yelling out, retire him, retire him. <laughs> He's an absolute corpse. Uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, I, I don't think I bring the proudness and the pleasure to a lot of other people, but boy, am I a happy bloke just out there dowering away. <laughs> just I don't bowling. think you've ever made anyone happy blokes with your bowling at, performance. <laughs> just blokes bowling out the stumps and just me defending it two metres oh. in front of it. Someone picks it up, throws it, throws it back to him, and we go. No, that's in. cricket. It's that's pure cricket. Um, yeah, but a good good twenty runs off eighty seven balls is, is never is never They're earned ones, mate. <laughs> Going back to that, that that was a part. Yeah, game. that was the that, that was, was the part of the game. Game. Yeah, I reckon that might have. It, yeah, was that a couple of years ago now? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been a couple of years. I think ago that now, was. Mate. I think we just started doing the podcast, Craig. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think this might have been the time that I actually fell yeah. home mm. with, I with, you're right. with the Macca experience that, you know, we are reading through scores every week and it was Macca, you know, 50-odd, too far, team of the week. And then comes <laughs> out, I think it was about round three or four, and, uh, yeah, hit the ton. And that's when, yeah, the juggernaut of my obsession with, uh, with Jared <laughs> is, uh, really took off. Look, I think I just got you at the right time, mate. It was just a bit of fate. <laughs> you were looking for someone out there to give you a little bit of something and uh, just came up with the goods at the right time. Yeah, well, Tangles was too few and far between for me at that stage. So I was, I was, oh, I was open nah. to another man crush. I'll tell you what, mate. We played that day. Was um, That was on one of the, the classic, you know, Sinto boys will, will understand this. It was on one of the sponge decks. So it's like playing on a, a high-powered trampoline and, Gave Tangles a new nut um, at the start of that innings, and I have never seen more plays and misses in my life. I think he set down six overs, and I reckon about one ball got hit. He didn't get any wickets because they weren't good enough to get bat on ball, but Tangles had them in an absolute mess. And I was standing there at first slip. Big, you know, big chunky Matty Hodge was about 30 metres back from the pitch, <laughs> taking him above his big head. Uh, Tangles are just sending absolute Mitch Johnson thunderbolts at these poor blokes. <laughs> Not quite the run-up of Mitchell Johnson, though. No. Well, it, he only travelled about six metres, but he had 16 to 20 steps. It's not a very efficient run-up, and he looked like he was about to fall over, and I think he bowled off the wrong foot, and he had no follow-through, but he could send him down with the best of them. An absolute character. You now, Maka, you're, you're junior... You'd say you played in some pretty good junior teams. Was there a junior premiership in there or did you just miss out? Uh, no, unfortunately, I just missed out. Uh, a couple of couple of semifinals um, in 15s, 15 ones and 17 ones and a grand final in the 17 twos. But, uh, you know, lucky to play with a lot of, I mean, really outstanding junior cricketers at this club. You know, Jay Carrington's, Brad Parker's, Braden Lambden's, Marty Lyon-Mueller, Braden Roscoe. 
you know, guys like that um, who were, you know, really, really top cricketers. Um, so I think it was a bit of a, a, a real boom time for, for Cranbourne with the junior setup. But, you know, they are some of my fondest memories playing with, with those blokes. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, a premiership did elude us in that time. I was just about to say, Maka, can you list through a few names that <laughs> you played with? But you just did it perfectly yourself. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky to have played with, I guess, some of the some of the very best that we've had in the sort of last little while at Cranbourne. Um, good segue, I think. But uh, yeah, you know, the junior, I think, and I think a lot of people will say this: the junior time is some of the cricket that you look back upon the most fondly. It's it is it is a really special time in your cricketing life, and you know, I'm very proud that I've played that time at Cranbourne and had a lot of fun along the way, mate, I tell you. So, so knowing, what you, knowing what you know now, and I, I asked Mick Sweeney this, mm. um, what would you say to a 15, 16-year-old Joe McAuley playing cricket? Yeah, look, honestly, mate, it would just be to, to have faith in yourself and to you know that you can do it. Like, I mean, I had the real penny drop moment you know, when I started to get on a, a bit of a roll when I hit 17 um, in the seniors. But I guess it took me up until that time where, you know, I, I wasn't 100% confident in my game. And then when I started to, you know, get some runs and get some wickets, uh, you know, I walked out there on the Saturday and thought, yeah, you know, I could do this. And, you know, if I met a younger younger self, I'd, I'd just tell him to, you know, not – be so caught up in that internal monologue, um, you know, of doubting yourself and, you know, second guessing your own game and just to, to go out there and you know, enjoy yourself, but be confident you know, without being too confident. You know, you don't want, it, you don't want it, that to translate into arrogance, but to just go out there and have faith in, in your skill set and, and the work that you've put in and, and just go out there and try to do your best and know that you can do it. You know, that it is something that you can do if you put your mind to it. Yeah, very, very good answer that. What are you looking forward to the most about uh, the Cram and Cricket Club this season going forward into the future? Uh, look, this season, mate, I, and I think this is going to be a pretty common answer among people to jump on here, but it's a really good energy around the club at the moment. You know, the people that we've got involved who have been here sort of long-standing, who are coming back, you know, we've got some fantastic people involved um, in our leadership team and just in the, the player system as well. Um, I'm really excited to see how our ones go. I think it's a, it's a very promising time for them. Um, I guess the, the squad that we've assembled and what we're going to be looking to push out on the park is, you know, as strong as we've had in, in some time, uh, which is, I think that's a really exciting thing for players, no matter what level you're at. You know, you want to see all of your teams do well, but especially your ones. Uh, you know, we're all invested and, and passionate about that. So I think on the field, you know, we're building up to something pretty strong, but off the field as well. I think we've got such a good crop of, of people and players um, at the club. And I think, you know, after, you know, what's been, uh, you know, a, a rough sort of six months for all of us, you know, battling through the isolation and the like. Uh, I mean, I think we're all really, really excited just to go out there and play some cricket for one, but to have that sort of camaraderie and company um, of, of people there. And once we get hopefully on the other side of the worst of the situation that we've been through to have that freedom of playing cricket and, you know, coming back on a Saturday night and having a drink and having a bit of a yarn and a laugh with your mates, uh, that stuff that, 
you know, we haven't had access to this year that I'm sure we're all missing is going to be, you know, twice as important as it, it's ever been. So, yeah, I think for this season, mate, on the field, I think we've, we've positioned ourselves really well and it's looking really good. And then off the field, you know, culturally, we're building something really nice here and we've got a lot to look forward to at the club on all aspects, I reckon, mate. Well, both you and Berger have been uh, kind enough to jump onto the social committee. Macca, you're the leader of that committee. What, what's it like leading a person like Jordan? Uh, Jordan doesn't need much leadership. He is a very <laughs> strong, uh, independent voice and mind when it comes to all things Cranbourne Cricket Club. So, you know, rather than try to direct Jordan uh, on the ventures that we're looking to undertake for everyone this year, it's really just giving him that environment to to succeed and breed his own success, if you, you know, and I think you testify to that, Bergs. Well, you know, how can I, how can I oh, not be passionate about, you know, working under a man like, uh, like Macca? <laughs> Seriously, when he speaks like that, it's just, it warms my heart. It tickles my pickle. Uh, you know, I just want to be around him more and more. Look, that's it, Chuck. You know, when you're surrounded by brilliant minds like Bergs, eh? you, you don't get in their way. You just let them breathe and you let them do what they need to do. And that makes my job very easy, my friend. I will say that potentially you boys do have the hardest job of any cricket club um, this season. Obviously, with COVID restrictions that will still be in place during the season, let's not be uh, mm. silly and think that there'll be no restrictions. There'll still be restrictions in place during the season. So, being involved in the social committee in that aspect, it's going to be a difficult job, but um, congratulations. It, it to plays to our hand perfectly, mate, because, you know, we've we've averaged about 12 people in attendance in, in the um, functions in the last couple of years, and now we've got an excuse. Well, we can only have 10, <laughs> mate, so <laughs> it's a good win. Yeah, we're, brought... we're at full capacity. What more do you want? Uh, it's brought the game back to us. But, now, look, in all seriousness, one of the things that we've spoken about as a committee is that, um, you know, through professional sport, people have been able to access this over the winter and local sport, you know, they've been spent time away from that as well. We're in a very fortunate spot that, you know, while there will be some, you know, restrictions still in place that for a lot of people, the Cranbourne Cricket Club is going to be their fixation of sport for the year. So I guess a lot of the message that we want to convey is, you know, come down, enjoy some cricket, support your local uh, hang out with some mates, you know, enjoy the summer. Um, and, you know, while it's been a sort of rough winter and we've had a lot of challenges this year, just to, to come down and, and make the most of what we're going to have in the summer months. All right. Uh, last week we introduced uh, the name game. I mm. haven't come up with a better name for the game, so we're going to go the name game again. This. I have... Um, <laughs> Two of the week. I uh, have... Uh, <laughs> So I've changed it to three names. Yes. All right. The way the game works is obviously I'll say a name. Mm. You've got to describe it, that person in one word, not a sentence. Yep. Love chops. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I'll stick to All it. Right. One word. One word, yep. and then I will adjudicate uh, what I think is the best description, yep. and then uh, we'll I will deliver the points. That sounds good, mate. Um. So the guest can always answer. Start first. Yep. All right. So the first. Name Maka, you'll get the first opportunity. Yep. And uh, the first name is, and we're, we're recording this on Saturday the 22nd. It's uh, Funky's birthday today, so happy birthday to Funk. Uh, <laughs> Steve Miller. For, I would describe Funk Miller as 
passionate. Uh, that's that's it. that's what I've got for Steve. Okay, burger. Uh, hero. <laughs> he is my hero. hero. Ooh. Ooh, that man gave me my two, first look at a two, first eleven game. Put that one, Chuck. It's it's a tough starter. I'm gonna I'm gonna go passionate so Macca can get that. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Get that vote. Two two very two yep. very good words. High, high praise for our man. Yes, yes. Um, and the second name, Burger, you get to go first on this one, is Chris Lamb, the president. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's a tough one. Um, Just one word. <laughs> I'm, <asking> <laughs> I'm a bit lost for words when it comes to Chopsy. Um Hang on, I've lost. I've lost all. It's come and get me. Someone get me a dictionary here. Um, <laughs> uh, you got to answer it sooner. Uh, I'm going to say champion. Champion. Yeah. Champion. Maka. Look, Bergs has afforded me plenty of time to think about this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> this might be cliche, but I'm going to describe Chops as Cranburn. That's how I describe him. Okay, okay. Again, it's two very good answers, and for the sake of the game, yeah, I'm going to no, give it to Burger. Obviously, I'm trying to come up with a word. The man, so, the man has given a lot of time to a Cranburn that uh, mm. sort of sat in a little bit of a hole, to be quite honest. And not, a, <laughs> I would have gone. Uh, with no, no, I, I think that's a fair I give full praise to a man that's prepared to take uh, the reins of a ship that's not exactly running on course. <laughs> oh yeah, the third name, and. Uh, it's an elusive name. Uh, Chris Johnson. Macca, you get to go first. <laughs> I would describe Chris Johnson as... <laughs> uh... oh, that, is, that is a very good question, Chuck. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about Chris Johnson, actually. Well, I need a one word. To describe the man, I would say self confident. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Chucker Burger. See, <laughs> 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 oh, the two very, again, two, two very good answers. Well, I can't, I can't touch Chucker that. and self confident. I can't touch that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give the answer. I'm gonna give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that's fair. That's pretty, so, pretty spot on. Mate. Burger, two wins, <laughs> two wins in a row. Undefeated. Yeah, Dublay. Very good. Two wins in a row. Now, Burger, because you weren't so happy with the nine game last week, we are adding yes. trivia as well. All right, so we are going to play a little bit of trivia here. I've got three trivia questions. Um, obviously. First to answer the two correct wins. Do we, do we chime in with our names? Right. How do we do this? Uh, no, again, the guest okay. will always answer first. Okay. Thanks for anyway. So, Maka, the first. Yep. Maka, the first question, obviously, you get to answer first. Yep. Uh, in, in what season did Cranbourne last win the Turf 2 flag? Turf 2 flag? Oh. Yes. Yes. Uh... 
It's a great question. Jeez, you, you've come up trumps with this, Chucky. Um, my guess is 2012-13. Jordan, your guess? Uh, Without Googling as uh, well, Jordan. No earlier, 0-9-10. Okay. Uh, I can confirm that the answer is 2013-14. So, uh, no one is correct. Um, moving on to the next question, and I will take the closest two in this question. Berger, you'll get the opportunity yep. to answer first. What is Cam Kelly's highest score on my cricket? I remember him speaking about this on the podcast. I'm going to say 89. Maka? 89. <laughs> that is a tough one. Is that your answer? Jeez, um, oh, I'm very sorry, Cam, in advance here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go 65. Okay, the answer is 83. So, oh, Berg is the closest yes. there. Alrighty-o. Do we know that's, so that's it's... seniors or if that's juniors? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> He's too old to be on my um, juniors, isn't he? <laughs> Do they have they didn't have computers probably. when he was playing juniors. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, the third question. Uh, Maka, you get to answer first. And if you get this right, mm. uh, it potentially could go to a tiebreaker. Mm. Um, who was the captain of Turf 3? In 2013-14. How am I going to know that? Oh, geez, that's a head scratcher, Chuck. Uh, I am going to go with Matt Moore, haphazardly. Okay. Burger? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue, mate. I wasn't at a club. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've got a bit of a leg up here. Was that our first or our second? No, well, that was our seconds because Turf 2 won that flag. Oh, mm-hmm. I wasn't listening that closely. That <laughs> <laughs> um, funky. Ding, ding, ding. The winner, yes. Burger. Oh, hey. Funky is the answer to that. So, Burger wins 2-0. Jeez, you clean sweep me, mate. Take, taking both games away. Uh, now... We obviously, each week, we ask for the fans to send him a few things. Macca, you've probably been the most popular. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't obviously. Think that's um, <laughs> person. So, I, I don't know why he wanted to remain anonymous with this, but Brad Hodge wants to know who's the best player you've played with. Uh, best player I've played with. Um, yes. With would be um, probably Niven Sathyajith. Um, but I think... I want to focus on, I guess, the, the best player I've played against. I've played against Gary Pratt, the bloke who ran out Ricky Ponning in the Ashes as a subfielder. So I'll take that one Ooh. with me. Yeah, it's a bit of trivia. That is a good one. That is a good one. Um, Harrow wants to <laughs> uh, know, do you think you were a better cricketer or a footballer? Um, I think... In your prime, in, obviously. In prime, uh, which I'm definitely not in at the moment. There's a work in progress. Uh, I would think in my prime I was a better footballer, actually. 
Fair enough. Um, Brad Parker would like you to <laughs> explain the six, the many, many sixes that you would hit at Berwick Springs. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what game he's talking about. We played at Berwick Springs in a one day, and I came out at the end and um, just basically had asked to tee off, and every single one of them went over mid-wicket, which would be to the surprise of no one. Although I think the most notable part of that game was that the last three balls were facing the last over. I swung and missed it all three of them. And at the last one, in desperation, I went to go for a run and got run out by the keeper. So I think that's the most notable part of that game. Brad Parker was very, very happy with your ability to hit the six. Yeah, no, it's uh, coming from a man like Brad who can hit a bomb. Uh, it's pretty high praise. Uh, yeah, no, that, that day they came out all right until I tried to hit him in the last over. Or I wouldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat, to be honest. Berger, do you want to ask your question instead of me asking? Sorry, mate. Do you want uh, to ask your question yourself without me asking? Um, I'd had a couple of beers at this stage, actually, when I got stuck. <laughs> but um, I just want to know what makes you just so good at everything. Like, what a guy. <laughs> That's... Uh... <laughs> That's a tough question, Bergs. <laughs> Look, I think I've got a fair bit of improvement to do with my cricket. Uh, <laughs> but I guess at other stuff, if you want to get into that, uh, I just try to learn all the time, um, regardless of whether that's sport, work, uh, life, anything like that. I try to take as much advice as I can from people, uh, keep an open mind to things and you know, always, always willing to... Uh, improve and, and get better. Uh, so I think that positive attitude helps me out. Uh, I'd like to think that you know, I'm pretty easy to get along with. So no matter the people that I meet or, or where I'm at, uh, I'm able to connect with them and take the most I can from them. And I guess that attitude is something that I just take with me regardless of what I'm doing in life, whether it's work, sport, friends. Uh, it's something that I really pride myself on. Take a leaf out of Marcus' book, Craig. <laughs> you're a, you're a oh, shit person. Nah. <laughs> he's got he's got me mesmerised. I just I'm hanging off every word. If you started um, a cult marker, I'd join. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, there's plenty of time up my sleeve, Bergs. <laughs> um, so Marco, what's the best part about being a Cranbourne cricketer? Cricketer. Uh, about being a Cranbourne cricketer is definitely the mateship. I think. Um, you know, regardless of you know, your level as a cricketer, how long you've been at the club, what team you're playing in, how well you're going that season. You know, these things are all part and parcel of the game. But, you know, irrespective of that, I think you can take great pride in being a Cranbourne cricketer because you know that you're running out with blokes who will, you know, look look after you. They'll have you back. They'll be there for you when, you know, you're doing well, you're not going so well. Uh, and that's something that I've sort of felt throughout my journey at Cranbourne that, you know, uh, and I'm not sure how this is at other clubs, but we have a really strong sense of mateship here. And that's definitely what I'm most proud of, of being a Cranbourne cricketer. And it's definitely what gives me the most joy as well, you know, is being able to run out there with your mates. And that's what's most important to me. Yes, very, very well put. Berger, do you want to give us a short little answer of uh, what it's what it's like? To, what's the best part about being a Cranbourne cr- cricketer? Um yeah, probably just some people you meet. Um, you ever since I got to the club, I've been uh, welcomed with open arms, 
and uh, to genuinely feel loved by people and, and, and have a good mateship um, just gives you something to really look forward to. I know that all through isolation of um, I've been really looking to that first training session back or, or that first Thursday night dinner or that first beer after a game. Um, and, yeah, it can get a bit uh, frustrating at times when you hear certain things coming out about when the season might start or what we might be can and can't do. Um, I know that one thing's for sure is that there'll be a, a Cranberry Career Club there ready with a, a beer for me to drink or, you know, a yarn to have with a teammate. Mm. So. That, that very, very well put. Um, again, Cranberry Career Club this season is going to be using Team App for all of our uh, exclusive content. So if you haven't done that already and you're uh, intending on being a part of the Cranberry Career Club, uh, please search Team App on your app store, download it to your device, search Cram and Create Club, request to uh, join. You'll get requested within, you'll get accepted within five minutes. Um, and then you will get all our exclusive content. Obviously, the big part plus for this is that um, it opens a one-way or two-way communication system. So you'll get notifications to the week. We're able to get notifications to the people that we need to get them Um so there's no communication breakdown there. So um, please join our team app. That's where our teams will be posted earlier than what they will be on Facebook. They'll be all on there. Um, so, yes, if you haven't done that already, please join. Um, as we like to finish uh, our Cream and Create Club podcast episodes, we like to ask our guests what they'd like to say to the members of the Cream and Create Club. Macca, here's your opportunity to talk to oh, the cheers, members uh, directly. <laughs> yeah, directly. Look, I think the main thing I'd share is that um, – when it comes time for us to, to start pre-season and get back into cricket, please do come along. Um, I think we've all had our various challenges throughout the year. So I think we're all looking forward to cricket and, you know, don't underestimate the, I guess, the value of that, the mateship, um, the escape from your, your day-to-day that cricket can provide. And um, regardless of what you're looking to achieve this year, to, to throw your all behind it. Um, personally, I'm looking forward to, to doing that myself. Um it's not something that I've always been able to do with, through various circumstances in the last couple of years and very, very excited to be to be doing that personally. So, uh, yeah, look, it's been, been a bit of a tough year for us all, but I think there's bright times to come and I think the Cranbourne Cricket Club's going to be a big part of that. So when it comes to time to, to start pre-season and get stuck into our cricket, you know, give it your best, enjoy yourself and please do jump on board because I think we're up for something pretty special this year on all fronts. Very well said. Burger, what would you like to say directly to our uh, members? If you lost a set of keys, please contact uh, <laughs> Deets because uh, he has them. <laughs> do, you, do you know who, do you know who they, yours? they were, Burger? No, it, no, they're not mine. It was a Mitsubishi lying. key, was it? No, Nissan, <laughs> sorry. A Nissan key. No, Nissan Nis- Nis- key was found with a, uh, a past player's key oh. ring on there. Um, Valuable. I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose who keys they were. Ah, well, for Am the I? sake of the members, we won't uh, announce it. But have they been returned to their rightful owner? Uh, the keys have been um, identified. Okay. Let's put it were they found? <laughs> were they found in a strip club or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's nothing untoward. Uh, but the keys have definitely been identified, and great work by Dita to get that information out to the relevant people required. Thank you very much, Peter. 
my message my message to the members is um, a little bit more along the lines of what our season may or may not look like. Obviously, there will be restrictions during the year, um, and a few people have been messaging me like, oh, well, if I can't high-five me, mate, what's the point? Again, we're just going to have to deal with what we're going to have to deal with this season. So it's going to look a little bit different. Obviously, we don't have a start date yet. Um, some other leagues have been rolling around with we're just going to punch on with our start date, and if it can't if it can't happen, then then we'll have to roll with the punches. Um, obviously, DDCA haven't set a start date yet, so I, I don't want to be telling people that this is going to be our start date when potentially it, it might change. So um, hang in there with the with the start date. Pre-season, I assume that we'll be getting in a pre-season definitely before the start of the season. So it won't be straight into season. There'll be um, time required. I know a lot of the other leagues are working on four weeks. Um, so hopefully DDCA will announce something soon with something along those lines. But yes, um, again, I'm putting a lot of questions about the season. I know just about as much as you do. Um so uh, I'm happy to still take your questions. I'll just, again, I, I give my opinion and my opinion would be November, but my opinion means nothing to <laughs> you know. No, absolutely, they don't. <laughs> hey, uh, Craig, can you just tell me, you did send me a Snapchat last night and uh, guaranteed a sure thing running today at Mooney Valley, I think it was. How did that get up? Uh, well, they caught off the races. Ah, that's all right then. Yes, well, saved then, weren't you? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> They they called off the race, which and you know what? I don't send out tips very often, Bergie. You know. Well, so, I've got a tip from uh, it was an absolute before, sure thing, and uh, it ran third last, and it was the last time I'd ever take a, a tip from a hooky, especially one that works at a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Now, Bergie, I almost glossed over this, but our please explain segment. Um, do you have a please explain for this week? Uh, my please explain is to the media who keep targeting Richmond Football Club <laughs> when there's 17 other teams in the competition. I swear to God, these journalists get a bonus every time they write a negative comment about Richmond. <laughs> Lay off. Go Togs. Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, my please explain goes to uh, Dean and Pete McDonald. That video that was posted <laughs> on our uh, on our public page of the golf is one of the funniest videos. Ever, <laughs> ever made it. Like if it was like Pete's put it on his Facebook page and it is sensational, the quality of the video and the, and the laughs that just continue to happen from that video. My please explain is to Dino, how much work did he have to do to direct Pete to get the camera to move at the right time <laughs> to make sure that like how much, how much practice was put into that video? That's my please explain. Dino looks That's like he's been know. finger painting his own shirt in that video. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. Um, Maka, last thing that you'd like to say? Uh, no, look, I think that's all from me, fellas. Um, I mean, you know, we're sort of getting in the tail end of August now, so I think we're all getting a bit itchy to play some cricket. Um, but true to your message, Took, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hang in there. Uh, whatever the season's going to look like, it's, you know, it's going to look a little bit different, but we'll stick through it. Um, and, and I think we just got to get excited about it because I don't know about you fellas, but uh, very much looking forward to getting out there. Uh, shout yeah. out to Clint if he's listening. If he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> go Clint, go Clint. Um, my, uh, my uh, last thing will be, uh, keep an eye out. Um, I posted on Instagram last night and I'll post it on Facebook 
uh, Saturday night. Um, junior coaches applications are open. Uh, new junior age groups this year, so they've gone to even age groups to match the VMCU rep carnival. Um, so there'll be under 10s and 12s on a Friday night. There'll be 14s and 16s on a Saturday morning, and then there'll be under 18s on turf on a Sunday morning. Um, so if you are interested in coaching any of those age groups, please just give me or Clinker a shout-out. Um, and we will send you that application form. We're obviously keen to have as many people as possible jump on board. Um, so please, if, you, if you're even interested, just the slightest, um, even if you're interested to be an assistant coach or help out score or anything, anything along those lines, um, please just uh, flick us a message um, um, and we will more than happily uh, point you in the right direction. Um, Maka, you've been an absolutely sensational guest for this podcast and I am very glad that we got you on here today. Um, it'll be a great listen for all the people at home in stage four lockdown. Uh, Berger, you're always pretty good. Um, you're, you're consistent in what you deliver and uh, myself, well, I'm consistently just, I'm not going to say great, but just good questions. Consistently great questions very by me. Uh, Berger, would you like to sing no, us I out? I won't. <laughs> not, not no, not today, out. mate. Not today. I've got the laryngitis. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. No, that's fair. Um, thank you very much for joining us on Season 3, Episode 3 with Jared McAleese. He was brilliant. Um, please uh, join us in two weeks' time for our next episode. If you have any feedback, please direct it our way. Um, but other than that, thank you very much uh, for joining us. And uh, go Eagles.